Hello and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your other host, Dan Colburn. Today's episode is brought to you by Walt Disney World. I wish I knew like the uh, the sound of like the pre-Disney movie jingle where they oh. have like the tinkle tinker bell flying to the castle thing. And then it's like right? Because like it's not it's not the full uh, you know. When you wish upon a star. Right, that's it. <laughs> it's not the full thing. It's just right. Like, doesn't it do that? Like, wait, no, that's the Windows XP sound. Yeah, right. It's like a combination of when you wish upon a star and the Windows XP sound. Dude, I'm hearing it. Um, that's it, Caleb. Yep. How you doing? Doing really well. You're in Florida. I'm in Florida. You're in front of a set of I Love Lucy style his and hers beds. Right. Exactly. Um, um, yes. Yes. That is so funny. That is so funny that that's what happened. That's crazy. Why did they do that? So when 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 they had the beds separate, separate on right. I Love Lucy, mm-hmm. was it because like they're telling America that like couples should couples don't have sex and they sleep in separate beds well you yeah you just couldn't refer to sex even like even like that like you just couldn't acknowledge on tv that sex existed right okay yeah 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 it wasn't like there's a law against actors and actresses like being in the same bed on set or something like that well i'm no i'm sure that that was part of it right i think there was all kind of the same deal yeah yeah, i think it was there was just like lewdness laws or whatever but there wasn't like uh it wasn't a social more that that like that you you know couldn't have uh you couldn't sleep in the same bed as a couple that was like the social norm right right? i think that would be the norm right so even at that time it had to appear odd like what Right. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I, you know, maybe you were supposed to feel bad about it. Like, like we do sleep in the same bed, but like we'll never show a guest our bedroom. Yeah, you know, because then the guest would see that we have a single bed, and then they would know that we have sex, even though they do see our right. eleven children right now. <laughs> <laughs> they would see the rosary next to the bed and know and where then, it all comes from. Yeah. Um, question, thought. Oh, this is another one of those. Um, like middle school lunchroom bits. Oh, lunchroom you know? lies. Lunchroom lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I'm just remembering. We need a right jingle now. for lunchroom lies. Yeah. Can you make one on the spot? Yeah, we can't even have a jingle for the show. So no. <laughs> okay. Um. So, uh, that like I don't. It wasn't I Love Lucy, but one of the first shows where they shared a bed, like Dick mm-hmm. Van Dyke, or something like that. I don't know. Like, oh, did you know that they that the actors and actresses had to always have one leg on the floor, had to have one foot on the floor? Did you hear that? No, no, that that was a bit that I've just heard at the lunch table. You know, it's like the perfect that's a perfect um, example of one of those things. It's like, did you know that isn't like one foot on the floor, like a classic like parents rule for if you have like a, a friend of the opposite sex over and you're like studying in your room or whatever. It's like, keep the door open and one foot on the floor. Oh, is that right? I mean, that's, I think so. I mean, you're putting them on the bed, even with one foot on the floor. I mean, yeah. A lot can have likely a single foot on bed. The floor. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are as flexible as I am, but nah, I mean, you, you could have one foot on the floor I, I get a lot. <laughs> and your foot on I the other floor. I get a lot of work done with <laughs> one foot on the floor. On you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um uh for the for the listener who can't see how giant daniel's legs are they're the size of um uh what are they 
they're like, what would you say the size of? Like, well, what's the size of your shin? It's like a hockey stick. The size of my shin? Like a basketball hoop. The size of shaft. my shin is probably like the length of like a child's lacrosse stick. Yeah, for sure. That's funny. It is. Um, but yeah. So you're presumably in an Airbnb in Florida? Yeah. For yep. your annual Florida times? Yeah. Yeah, man. How's Florida? Is it nice and warm? It's great. Um, yeah. Actually, it's like 60 right now, which is chilly. It's unfair. Chilly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's been 80. Is that, is that real difficult for you? It is. Because uh-huh. we came, it's 15 at the house that we own, the apartment mm-hmm. that we rent in yeah. Buffalo. I was like, whoa, development. No, no development. It's huh? just like a way to, to distinguish the two. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's 15 degrees. And then here, you know, we got here and it was like 80s, which is awesome. So. All right, Caleb, yeah. there's one question that I know the listener wants to know. Tell me. Did you me. buy any GameStop stock? No, I did not. You know no. about it, though. Oh, come on, Deke. All right. Listen, I don't know. I don't know. You I didn't know. know if, like, maybe the mustachians look down their nose at the whole thing and they say, like, oh, this is only for fucking plebs who, you know, who don't, <laughs> uh, who haven't saved 90% of their income for the last 25 years. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting because I, so I did actually just open I'm not ready to get up the Florida thing yet because I really want to give GameStop its due. Mm -hmm. I just bought a canoe. A canoe. I bought a canoe. I love a canoe. Yeah, because I think I thought that they're better than kayaks. You Uh know, like I thought like kayaks are a trend, you know, have been for whatever. Canoes are calmer than kayaks. What do you mean? I'm just saying like it's it's less, you know, less going on, less exciting. Yeah. If you're not trying to like be stressed out at all, a canoe is... A less canoe, stressed it, out it boat. seems like it to me it always seemed like oh canoe like i've been on canoe trips with like scouting stuff my whole life yeah. it's like canoe Ooh, kayak though like kayak mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i bought a kayak and i didn't love it because I, one you can't compete with a canoe at all i would go on like we went on a canoe trip and i had my kayak and my brother had a kayak and we were just dying the whole time trying to keep up with these canoes because there's just mm-hmm. like so much power behind you know two people in a very long vessel Right, right. So you could compete with one guy in a canoe. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you'd probably take him to school, but but yeah. Like if you're two guys in kayaks and there's two guys in a canoe, they're gonna go faster than you. Yeah, for sure. Um, unless you have like a racing tra- canoe or something ridiculous. Arms. They do. They do. So anyway, and like that also sitting in them is very uncomfortable. You kayaks? Know? Yes. Okay. For the inflexible like me. Who yeah, have yeah, like neck like issues, at, at like a ninety degree angle all the time. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I can't sit like that on the ground. You know? Did you have one of those fancy like back support seats? Yeah, I think they all do. Oh, okay. And that was still uncomfortable. Yeah, for like, me, you, couldn't, you didn't feel like you could like lean into that back seat and get. Some yeah, you relief. sort of get a little bit of that vibe for sure. Uh huh. Um, bend your knees a little bit, push on a little foot stops. Yeah, but you can't bend your knees very much. You can't bend your knees very much. Um, and I just have like neck issues. And it's mm-hmm. not it's not good for for me to be yeah. like laying down and and exerting a bunch of upper body muscle. Sure. So anyway, but canoes yeah. solve all the problems. So I, that's it. I got a canoe. There's mm-hmm. like mission number one in Florida. Got a canoe. Just took it out, and it was a great time. That does sound like a great just time. Just want you to know that. Did you see anything cool while you're out on your canoe? Just stuff. Just birds. Florida birds. Florida birds. It was in the morning. The the evening wildlife is way better. There's I, so many more birds. Uh, I got a, I got a, um, I got a friend who is uh, a uh, or is in school to be like an ornithologist or something. Okay. 
Um, What's that? But uh, like a bird studier. Hmm. He's studying birds in school right now. He was like out of school for a long time, like working construction and stuff. And was like, I have always wanted to be a bird guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, and now he's doing that. I don't know what he's going to do for money, but he's going to know a lot about birds. Interesting. If you uh, you could make a board game. Have you seen uh, Wingspan? That board game? Uh, oh, I've heard about it. It's a good time. Um, it's great. And it is all about birds. And yeah. like bird experts made it. Hell yeah. Um, and it's awesome. My family loves birds. Um, and we played it and it was great. Awesome. And it's so beautiful. I'm making a game. I want to talk about it. But I want to talk about GameStop first. Do you have more Florida to get through? Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Okay, go. Hit me with the Florida. Ask me a poignant question. About Florida? <laughs> Why are okay? Here's a question. Um, so normally your reason for being in Florida is that your wife is shooting weddings at Disney, right? Presumably that was the first there are reason. Way less weddings at Disney right now. Yes, there um, are. How is that affecting your being in Florida? It's fine. It's uh, it's totally good. We the first year we the the reason we came down quote unquote was like we could justify blowing a bunch of money on an Airbnb for three months because mm-hmm. or two months because the wedding the disney wedding paid for it right um and then the next year the disney wedding didn't pay for it but she had already kind of established a little she didn't have a disney wedding that year mm-hmm. but she had established like a client base for disney photography and would do a ton of that yeah um bunch of cool stuff and then this year none of that but like i don't know but like whatever you i make enough dip, money now dip that into it, that launch vs launch or make vs yeah, code exactly. awesome money make vs code just, awesome is paying for for this yeah. trip but now it doesn't matter as much because um because i'm not a poor person anymore right yeah and um i don't think yeah. you were ever i've never known you when you were a poor person no yeah but but like but, I, I i can at least flash like the income reported on my taxes which is like thirty six thousand dollars or something right. like that for the year uh-huh uh, which is pretty low you, so yeah. yeah you definitely uh have you're way more liquid right now than you've ever been exactly yeah <laughs> yeah but yes you're right the lifestyle hasn't changed nothing really changed but but this place actually no we were staying in like a shack before yeah i recall yeah it you was almost a shack. like rented a timeshare didn't you yeah sort of something like that you were like about oh, to. i almost bought a shack you almost bought a shack we were gonna right. buy a shack that's what it was. Yeah, because they're like thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, who doesn't I was want to like buy it on the spot? Be like, yeah. let's just buy one of these shacks. But so the place we're in now is like a condo. It's I'm in one of the three bedrooms that all have their own bathroom, full bath. That's wow. crazy. But what we're having like family what are you doing with all those other out. bedrooms. I know. Um, well, for one, there's multiple bathrooms, so wherever I am, I just go to the closest bathroom. Anywhere I roam, <laughs> where I lay my head is home. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Anywhere I roam, I lay my, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my leavings. I lay an egg. And, uh, <laughs> I lay, I lay an egg is home. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Drop a few um, eggs. So, yeah. yeah. So, we're here. I highly recommend if you live in a cold place. Just go live somewhere else that's yeah. warm for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge mood booster. Huge mood, huge move. Yep. Um, and we've been to Disney, and it's uh, it's totally different, and we don't ride rides. We just go around and eat food at Epcot, um, mm-hmm. and everybody wears a mask, and it's a little weird, but whatever. What? So, okay, I'm done with Florida. Vibes. 
Um, GameStop. Tell me, tell me about GameStop. Oh Wall no, Street Games. Bets. Okay, I know about GameStop. Wall Sorry, I, yeah, you Wall tell Street me bets. about it. So for what the about list, it? I mean, okay, so everyone who listens to our podcast already knows about it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, did you make any moves? So this is the problem. This is the problem with being a mustachian who just like mm-hmm. buys into the whole Vanguard Index Fund, set it and forget it mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah, the whole it's like, Warren Buffett, who's now like only the eighth wealthiest person in the world. So. Yeah, he's old news. Yeah, old news. But it is it is interesting that you know uh, who's the wealthiest person in the world now, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, and you know why? Because I don't know, because of Tesla stock price. Yeah, which is completely overvalued by Wall For Street sure. Bets people. Yeah, right. Like the reason he is rich is because of this. My sister said something like, she she just said something about like, oh, and the and peep and the rich, oh, and Elon Musk, and you know something about mm-hmm. like, you know, the richest guy in the world, and how come he can't, whatever. And I, I don't know. It's just the first time that I like, I actually like follow the richest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, he's not the ri- like. This doesn't mean anything. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like he could not, not access like, that money if he. Wanted. Yeah, exactly. It's not like yeah. he his pile of cash in his you know backyard just grew and he can just go with a pitchfork and fork it out yeah. to people. Whereas, but arguably, like Bezos has the same thing, right? His wealth is also because of his Amazon stock, right? Right. Yeah. But he could liquidate. Yeah. And he- Elon couldn't. Yeah. Right. Because if Elon liquidates, the price like plummets because that yep. price is built on nothing. Amazon has like a pretty serious business with like pretty stable margins, pretty, you know, everything's solid at Amazon. Yeah. So if Bezos decided to liquidate half of his stock, like it'd cause a small drop, but I think he'd be fine. Yeah. 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 It is, it is very different. The, you know, somebody's wealth being in the company, it's so different. Mm-hmm. So different. But, Anyway, yeah, Elon, Wall Street bets. Oh, so the problem is because I bought into this whole, you know, set it and forget it, um, stay the course, uh, whatever, all that like anti-stock picking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, I opened Robin an op, Robinhood account at one point just for fun, just to see it. Never bought anything. Mm-hmm. Don't even know if I have the account or could get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a TD Ameritrade account, but sure. I haven't used it since basically the day I opened it. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like this happens and, uh, I can't do anything. So I have made so, zero moves because of is, that. So I've made one me. move. I've made one move. Okay. And it is this. So earlier in the pandemic, I made a bunch of money on office chairs. Well, not a bunch, but I made on some money chairs? on office chairs. Yeah. Uh, so I basically was like a bunch of people are going to be setting up home offices. I bet Herman Miller and Steelcase are going to do really well. Oh, nice. And so I put... Dude, like, good one. I put some some money into office chairs. And then what, I... Did, bas- did you just like honestly just like think? Yeah. And then well, I saw was- that Logitech was doing well because of uh, like all the peripherals and webcams and okay. keyboards and stuff that they were selling. Yeah. I was like, well, if Logitech's doing well, that means home office stuff is doing well, yeah. which means that Herman Miller and Steelcase are going to do well. Yeah. Um. So anyway... This is my only ever like day trade type scenario I've ever done. Okay. I put in like 500 bucks or something and I basically like just day traded it. Like I, I bought the dip, I sold the peak and like, cool. you know, I like basically on a day to day basis made like on average probably like 6% a day for okay. a while, cool. you know? And so I turned this money into more money. How much so money anyway, did you turn it into? Uh, I don't know, like 800 bucks or something like that. Word. So I've made like pretty good returns on this $500 and I was yeah. just like having a good time. Yeah. So now I've got this extra money and I was like, I'm sticking. So I missed the initial 
the initial buy, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if I buy GameStop right now, it's going to crash over the weekend. It's not going to be there on Monday. Okay. Whatever. So what I need to do is say, what's the what are the boats that people are going to go to when they flee the sinking ship of GameStop? Great. Right? And most people, like the big money investors are just going to go back into their traditional investments, right? Okay. Um, but there are going to be a bunch of people who still have money or made a bunch of money on the first buy who are going to want to stick it somewhere. There, so AMC is the obvious second contender. Uh-huh. And then I made a little bit of a bet on the um, Blockbuster Liquidation Company. Oh, no way. That is liquidating. So basically, there's a company that exists to just like sell off the remaining assets of Blockbuster. Funny. Uh, shares are like nine cents. It's like nine cents a share or something. Yeah. So I bought like $100 of Blockbuster and like $200 of AMC. And I'm just going to see what happens. And if I lose all this money, it came for free from the office chairs anyway. Yeah. So yeah. who cares? It's and, great, uh, dude. Yeah. It's super fun. That's cool. How much is the... You, so you bought AMC when I bought on this, Friday? I bought all this today. So oh, you bought all I, this today. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So basically my thing is like, uh, get, this is my pitch, is GameStop is going to die over the weekend, uh-huh. which is going to revitalize AMC uh-huh. and Blockbuster because people are going to be looking for the next stock to do it with. Yeah. Right. And AMC is already the clear like next stock. Yeah. Um, but I think Blockbuster is like a clear like is going to be the next AMC to the you know what I'm saying? Yep. And they're also doing it with BlackBerry. BlackBerry yeah. is like another one that they're pumping. But and like, Nokia. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't buy <laughs> either of those. Company is so funny. It's so funny. It's so like there, it's there so could be funny. like memes around like what company is next. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, what yeah. I mean? like just like these companies right. that you. Well, and it's funny because it's like a death sentence for these companies in the long run. Or like, I mean, AMC is like, I guess like they've done really well with it and, and turned the ship around. Like they're basically like, uh, they're COVID proof because, yeah. um, I don't understand how oh, child abduction. Oops. Um, like who could be calling me at this hour? Yeah. Um, a, a silver Nissan Altima. What, <laughs> um, when you. When I'm talking, like I'm getting a little like fuzz. You're not getting that, right? That's just my so. headphones or something. Okay, I got a whole new rig right now. Uh-huh. You know, um, this is my mobile rig. You might have dirty power in Florida. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. There's mm-hmm. cockroaches in the wires for yeah. sure. Um, actually, this internet is like 400 megabits per second. Nice. It's is ludicrous it compared. I have no idea. It's just nuts, so compared to home. Compared to Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. The everything just the cold, mm-hmm. the electrons just are kind of dormant. They move so slow. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Companies, Nokia. You, that's cool, uh, dude. Are you? I mean, like, so you thought about it on Friday about buying GameStop and didn't? Uh, yeah. Well, I thought about it the last several days. I've thought about doing it and haven't yeah. done it. Yeah. Um, and then I was like you know what screw it like i'm just gonna do it because these ones are cheaper um right because i'm not using obviously you can't use Robinhood right now so it would have to be something where you have to buy like full shares of the thing unlike the people who use Robinhood who could buy like a tenth of a share of gamestop or whatever right right um so i'm not gonna buy like a 350 dollars share of gamestop right and just like put all my eggs in that basket (laughs) with my money but amc is like you know between 12 and 15 dollars and uh and uh blockbusters like between like nine and 15 cents 
right? So it's just like, all right, I'll just like throw a bunch of random money into this and like see what happens, you know? Yep. And when I lose it all, I can go back to uh, manipulating chair. the office chair market uh, with my yeah. big tweets. Shorting Herman Miller. Um, that's great. And what was I going to say? I just opened a public account. You heard of that? That Mm-mm. app called Public? Nope. Um, I think it's. I think it'll be the destination for the Robinhood fleers. Okay. Um, I think they will flee to to public. I th- I know. Um, who's on public right now? It's either Ian Landsman or the Barometrics guy. Um, uh, Sh- Spigford. Josh Pigford. Yeah. What do you say? Spigford. Spigford is that his handle? I think so. Okay. Um, that's how I found out about it, and then I started like uh oh so casey neistat he's an investor in public and so he like tweeted something like um well like then, if you're well then we know that it's not going to be a successful company because i think casey neistat has invested in three companies in his life and they were all terrible really what are the other ones <laughs> he started a, well i don't know if invested in, he's probably invested in a lot of things but he uh he started a company called beam that was like a video news app that he sold to cnn oh, for a ton of money and then they killed it I immediately because it was bad I remember um, that. He's like started multiple companies that he like exited on profitably and then yeah. they immediately went out of business. Dude. He's just like taking money from companies yeah. to The Beam thing's really fuzzy, but I, I remember yeah. following that um at the time. So okay, yeah. So he anyway, so I also saw he he's tweeting about it and his his tweets like, you know, while all you Robin Hood suckers are sitting there, you know, crying, whatever, mm-hmm. like I'm getting Bill Gates rich. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you can still trade on public. It only went down for like an hour and a half, the okay. trading of those. So anyway, so I opened a public account because I think that'll be, and it looks, it, you know, they have some philosophical differences, like they're anti-day trading on, uh-huh. which I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means you like can't trade in the same day. Like you can't like buy you and can't sell resell the yeah. same stuff. I, I don't know what, what exactly them just saying we don't allow day trading means like yeah i mean it'd be interesting if it was like you have to hold your position for at least seven days or something that'd be kind of interesting yeah so there's that there's also there's no buying on margin and there's no um like at whatever you'd call abstractions like shorts Mm -hmm. calls puts stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so yeah any options yeah any derivative yeah so yeah, so uh, so I signed up with that because I think that that'll be something where people are at, and I I just want the option basically. Mm-hmm. Like I still don't really plan to do anything, but I I'm like, it would really suck if something like this came around again, and I actually wanted to act on it, and I couldn't. Right, right. You know, like even if I don't think I would act on any of this right now, but if I wanted to, I can't, which yeah, isn't yeah. a good feeling. You have a TD Ameritrade account though. You could. Uh, they they stopped. Um, they're probably are they back now? Uh, that's where I bought my AMC and my Bliak. Oh, cool. Honestly, I haven't used it in so long. I, I, don't even know. I never tried to buy GameStop. I don't know. They might have stopped GameStop. Gotcha. I, I did just, I was reminded I had a TD Ameritrade account because I just used this tool that Taylor tweeted out that um, I am now going tool. to recommend called Leave Me Alone. Uh huh. Dot app. Um, it's so cool. You hook it up with your Gmail account. Mm-hmm. And um, just goes through and finds all the bullshit. Yeah, and, presses and I, the I've used like Unroll Me and stuff, but this yeah. is different. Where like this, this does it scours every newsletter and it it ranks them in order of like how often you don't read them, like how many oh, unreads, nice. and how frequent the emails come to you. Yeah, so yeah. like, there's like some that are like 24 per month, Oof. and you haven't read any of them. Stupid Oof. stuff. Um. So they so this app is awesome. 
And it finds the unsubscribe button for you. Yes. So it still has a few kinks to work out. Like I think probably half of mine or a third of them came back as like, we don't know if it worked. So maybe click this button and tell us that it did or didn't and tell us what happened. So they probably only understand the workflow for things that come from like known transactional email providers. Yeah, that's possible. So they probably understand like how to unsubscribe from SendGrid, how to unsubscribe from MailChimp. Right. I'm sure they, yes. But if they get like a custom unsubscribe page, they might not know what. Right. I think they have a system that might just be their staff or the one guy working on it. um, That it might just be his like internal process to add like i'm picturing you know he has some php class called like workflows where he can add a new workflow for this uh, domain and like this is the flow um whatever so like you can tell that the app is learning like it'll send you a screenshot it'll show you a screenshot of like hey we don't know what happened here can you look at it and tell us oh yeah yeah and then it'll just know that like okay this is one that doesn't require a second click or like, right yeah, yeah i think yeah. so there's a few different Isn't flows there a law that, though now that it can't require a second click that's what i heard i don't know i don't know if it's like because some of them are like um twit like uh discourse you know discourse mm-hmm. server or twitter stuff like there's things that that you kind of have to like log in to, to with your, to your notification pre- preferences right you know some things are just like this is just a newsletter i gave him my email once i should be able to one click mm-hmm. but other things are like you know you have to log into their stupid like notification setting thing. So I'm saying all this to say that leave me alone. Rules. Why did I start saying this? Because I saw TD Ameritrade, TD Ameritrade in there <laughs> when I did it. But let me tell you super quick while I'm rambling about a cool monetization scheme for leave me alone. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool app, really well done. People should check it out. You just, it the, the flow to get in is really nice. They walk you through how to do it and you do mm-hmm. it. And it takes no time. Then you're in there and you start just unsubscribing from stuff. And after like five or something, it's like, oops, you ran out of credits. Purchase more credits. It's not a monthly fee or anything. And you use one credit for one unsubscribe and it's like 50 credits, $2.50. And then a a Stripe single line credit card. And I'm like, dude, no problem. Oh, I just flashed my credit card on the YouTube. I I think it was too quick. Okay. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) We're on YouTube now. Um. So yeah, anyway, I was like, that's a, this is, it's cool to see a different monetization strategy out there. And I think it's a good one. You like to see it. I'd love to see it. Love to see it. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of the strategy of like mobile games that get you to buy additional plays or whatever. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in this case, I like it. In those cases, I hate it. Right. Because there's actual long-term value to the credits, whereas the game plays are ephemeral and gone as soon as you use them. That's true. Right? But like if you unsubscribe from a newsletter now, it's gone forever. It's also like the alternative, like the convention in SaaS apps is like a monthly subscription. Right. Right. That you would pay a subscription for. And I'm like, I need but another subscription. But this is a terrible like, app for subscriptions because they yeah, you get no additional value after the yeah. first interaction. Yep. Um, it's interesting. Right. Yeah. So. Cool. Word man. Word man. So you're working on a game. I'm working on a game. So I don't know. Did we talk about the game on the show? I don't know. I don't think we talked about it much. But anyway, we're making a social game in Discord. So we have a dis- I have a Discord channel that is all of my friends from college. And we all play video games together and stuff. And, uh, you know, my friend John Drexler. He makes... JD. JD. He makes board games. 
Um, he makes card games. He makes all sorts of games. He's obsessed with designing games. Um, and he basically was like, we, it's COVID. We can't hang out with anyone. And I can't play test any of my games because I normally like play test with people in person or like at the board game store. I'll go and like run play test nights with yeah. people. He does that? Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. But I can't like play test any of my games. So I want to make a game that I can play test during COVID and um, basically is developed in this Discord by the people in this Discord and then is played in Discord by the people in this discord so we can basically develop and play test it internally so that was like his thing we all love survivor um all of us do we talk about it all the time uh-huh. um and so survivor is if you haven't seen the show it's basically a social game where it's all about managing secrets and alliances and voting people off um and making sure that you know who's voting for who every round so that you don't accidentally get voted off and you're on the right side of the numbers and you know all of this stuff um, so we took a lot of influence from that and, uh, we just completed our second playthrough of the game. Um, the game ultimately will have a computer, uh, moderator. So the game will be moderated by software. Um, but for the first two play tests, we used a human like GM to like moderate the game. So the first game, John was the GM. Then we made some rule changes and tweaks. Then the second game, I was the GM so that John could have a chance to play. Um, in the meantime, I've been developing the like the software that will run the game in the future. As we're locking in certain mechanics, like we're able to start building them. Cool. Um, anyway, it's really fun. And uh, so basically the way the game works is you have, th- like this round we had nine players playing, right? So you have nine players playing. Um, the players, there are rankings from number one to number nine, right? And so uh, every player is assigned an alias. And uh, that alias is the name of some sort of an animal, right? So cool. I'm Daniel, but my alias is dog. That's fun. So anytime information is shared about something that happened to me, yeah, it will be shared like dog received two votes yep. or something like that. So the first thing that happens is that we do a quiz on day one so it's a week-long game every day there is a vote so there are seven rounds in the game so on day one we do a quiz and we say you have 24 hours to submit a list of everyone's name and alias corresponding and then we will rank you based on how well you did on that quiz and those will be the initial rankings that the game starts with cool so there's like an incentive to share information with people to share your alias with some people so that you have better information so that you do well on the quiz so that you get ranked higher. But then you're giving away that information. Right. That What's the point of a high ranking? So the winner is the want? person who is ranked first place at the end of day seven. So the, the way to win the game is to know who everybody is. Yeah. So you need to know who everybody is to win the game. Um, and then, I mean, so far. So far, the people who have won the game have known who everyone was. Fun. Um, but... Every every day at noon Eastern, um, the votes are calculated. So everybody receives one vote every round, and you can put that vote on someone else, and it's basically a down vote in rank. So if I'm in second place and I receive one vote, I'm now in third place. 
and the person who was in third is now in second. Say the last part again to me. Sure. So imagine there's three players, one, two, and three, right? Yep. <clears throat> I'm in second. Yep. I receive one vote. Yep. And I go down a rank. So now I'm in third. And the person who was in, se- was in third is now in second. So what do you mean you receive one vote? Right. Okay. So everyone gets, everyone gets a chance to vote for someone. Yes. To downvote somebody else. Oh, is this a separate mechanic than yep. the like guess who people are voting thing? Yep. Well, so guess who people are is just a quiz at the beginning of the game that happens. And that's how we determine the initial rankings. Okay. Right. And that doesn't, so that doesn't happen every day? Nope. Gotcha. So that happens in the beginning to determine some initial ranking number yep. to attach to everybody. And then at the end of the game, it happens again? Or is are you just done with the uh, guessing? We experimented with we're experimenting with whether it happens again at the end of the game. The okay, goal so is, let's say that it... Okay. Let's just say it happens on day one only, right? And just for fun, like, you know, if I guess three people are right and you guess three people are right, we, are we tied. have the same rank? Yes. We're tied. Okay. All right, so game day one, and now presumably we talk beforehand to try to get a higher rank initially? You have an opportunity to talk beforehand. How, how big is that window? Uh, 24 hours. Okay. So day one, you have until noon on day two to submit your first votes. So most of day one is consumed by... By people either telling the truth or yeah. lying to each other. Great. Order... So that's like the the experience for day one is figuring out who you're going to place in these things, guessing, yep. talking, colluding. You're also split into teams on day one. Okay. Um, so there's a red team and a blue team. Uh, right now we're just splitting people randomly. Um, there may be okay. a mechanic. Boys versus girls. There Church may be some skins. other some other mechanic to split people later, right? Yeah. But for now, we're just saying random on day one. Okay. So you're so split into random, teams. Split into teams. Okay. And then and by the end of day one, you have some, you have a ranking and you're on a team. Yeah. So not one. You have an alias. So you know your own alias. Right. Um, you're on a team and you have submitted a list and then gotten a ranking back. So you don't know which ones were right. Correct. You don't know which ones were right. You don't know how many were right. You yeah. just know that you did better than 60% of the other people, you know? Yeah. Um, so then voting happens every day at noon, right? And voting is basically I get to put, I get one down vote to spend every round. And I get to put that down vote on another player. Okay. Um, so if I am ranked second yep. and you are ranked third, yep. you put your down vote on me. Mm-hmm. Now you are ranked second and I am ranked third. Cool. Right? Okay. Um, there are many variations of this voting system that we've experimented with and written rules for and tested. Yeah. So it's like what happens if the down votes would put people in a tied position? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What order do you resolve the votes in? Do you resolve bottom up yeah. or top down? All of right. these things, we've experimented with them. We've gamed them all out. The most recent one we did was bottom up, basically. Okay. Uh, so the three rules were um, apply votes people's are down votes bottom up to prioritize yeah. the Apply losers. the down votes to people starting with the person in last place and then oh, moving up. Gotcha. Okay. So um, you which, don't apply the lowest person's down vote first. You no, apply. No, you apply the votes that were applied, okay. that were voted gotcha. on to them okay. first. Yep. Okay. Um, what that means, one of the side effects of that ranking system is that there's drastic mobility. So if you are on the bottom and get zero votes and everyone else above you gets a vote, yeah. you are in the top. 
That's Ooh. just the way that that works out. Right, 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 right. Um, cool, yeah. Okay. So it's pretty interesting. Um, that actually, so today was the last day of the second play test where I yeah. was the GM. And yep. the person who was in last on round six won the game in round no seven way. by taking zero votes. Everyone oh who was gosh. ranked higher than them is super pissed and they say the game is broken. Right. I say, you played it badly. Why did you let this happen? You should have made sure there was a vote on everybody. You know? Yeah. Anyway, um, the, uh, it's, a super, it's super interesting. So every, every day you get a vote. You can either spend your vote or save your vote. Oh, and then you get to... Like, if you save up. your vote, you could do two votes tomorrow. Interesting. Every okay. round we announce what the new rankings are. Um, so like pig is in first, sheep is in second, chicken is in yep. third, right? Yeah. We announce how many votes each alias received. So we say chicken is in third and they got two down votes. Okay. Um, and we announce the misers. The misers are the people who have the most number of votes stored up. Oh. So if three different people all have three votes stored, they so all get the... put on blast. So counter... you want to stay just under the threshold of being the miser. Right. I was just going to say, like, why don't you just hold on all your downvotes till the end? Right, because it puts a target on your people. back. Right, cool. Okay. Um, and, oh, and one thing I didn't mention is when you vote for people, you don't vote for their alias. You vote for their real name. So you say, I want to put my vote on Caleb. And I think that Caleb is sheep, but I don't know for sure. Right. Right? Okay. And so what you can do in the early rounds is coordinate with your allies to put two votes on one person and one vote on another, and that way you can identify the alias of both of those people. Right? Because you can see, okay, which alias got two down votes and which alias got one down vote. Okay, so like I've put two on Michael and one on Steven, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I see sheep got two, duck got one. So but now I know it Michael be muddied is, by other people's down votes being mixed is. in? Yeah. So you, you need to have information on how other people voted too to right. really use this. But uh, it can help you, right? And it helps gotcha. you say, like, okay, only two sets of people got two down votes. So I know, I know that he's either pig or sheep, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh -huh. So there's a lot of, like, using vote math to figure out who is who. Mm. Um, it's really fun. Uh, every day there is a challenge, right? And the challenge is a quiz question. Like the first day where you have to rank everybody, uh -huh. it's a quiz question that you can answer, and if you get it correct, you earn one advantage token. Okay. Um, so the quiz question might be, uh, which player uh, has uh, received the most votes in the game so far? Okay, so they're game-based quiz questions. Game-based quiz questions that reward you for having good information, yeah. right? You get okay. the quiz question right, you receive a token. There's mm -hmm. only one other way to receive a token, and that is to be the person on your team with the lowest rank. So every round, the person on the team with the lowest rank receives a token. That person cool. is called the GOAT. Right? Yes. So the GOATs receive tokens. The challenge winners receive tokens. There's no GOAT alias? No. Okay. And GOAT is all caps for obvious yeah, oh reasons. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, you can spend those tokens on advantages. Uh, so the list of advantages is like... Things like, uh, so three tokens, you can buy immunity, which means any mm -hmm. votes against you that round don't count. Mm -hmm. um, you can buy an extra vote. You can buy a spy, which just tells you the alias of somebody on the other team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all of the all of the rewards are team based, right? Because oh, I didn't say this, but in the second round we tested you can only vote against people who are on the other team, mm-hmm. right? So all of the votes are team based. So there is an advantage that allows you to for two tokens vote against your own teammate. Um, cool. So there's all sorts of these advantages. Anyway. It's really wild. There's a lot of lying and strategy and alliance building and backstabbing and super fun. I won the first round by just fucking everybody. Um, And then the second round, the person in last place won. Um, It's really interesting, but it's really cool to like tweak things. So the main takeaway from the first playtest was there's not enough mobility. If you get stuck on the bottom early in the game, you're kind of stuck and you can't get off the bottom. So we changed to bottom up vote tabulation which now means that there's a ton of mobility. And yeah. now people are complaining that there's too, there's much, too much mobility, mobility and yeah. there's not enough value to getting to the top early. Yeah. And so uh, Saturday night, we're having like another sort of group call to like debrief after this play test. And so it really feels like we're like honing in on something, right? Because like it was too far this way last time. It's too far this way yeah. this time. Like what variables do we need to tweak to make this That's work? Awesome. It's really fun. And like, the game second round was drastically more fun than the game first round. Hmm. Like, and everyone's having a blast, you know? Like, there's 10 people actively engaged in right. playing this game all week, which is crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, it's really fun. So, so anyway, uh, I'm is it writing... playable with less than 10? So we don't know, because we've only played it with 9 and 10 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of our playtests is going to be once we get the na- the rules basically nailed down, we're going to try playing with five people and we're going to try playing it with 25 people. And we're going to yep. see how it feels, you know, mm-hmm. and that way we'll figure out how many people you need to have to play it. Yep. Um, so I'm running the software. So the software needs to... So uh, initially this was just going to be a Discord bot um, yep. that did everything. Mm-hmm. Discord bots don't have... Um, interaction buttons like slack bots do so slack bots can have interaction buttons discord bots can't unfortunate um but the um and so for a lot of the interactions it just makes more sense to have them happen on a website and have the bot just send you a link to go do them Mm -hmm. for now yep um so we're making basically a web app that you can play this game in cool um and so that means Signed URLs that are sent to players that allow them to do votes. Um, That means uh, vote tabulation that takes into account all of the active advantages for the round. uh, That takes into account the like bottom up vote application procedures. And then, you know, uh, you and Ryan Atkins made that like list ordering thing. Yeah. With, I'm totally using that for the scoreboard because it's so Sick. useful to like demonstrate like how people moved between rounds. Cool. Right? Because yeah. it's better than just saying like this was the rankings, now this is the rankings. Just right. having that little piece of animation that says like, yep, you know, it does Dope. a lot. And I think I'm actually going to pass down an array of arrays. Okay. That is every. So like as the votes are applied bottom up, yeah, I'm going to snapshot them. Yeah, cool. um, so for you each can person see the so steps. i can animate them one at a time yeah fun. you know fun. which is gonna be cool that's very cool um totally that's so cool 
Interesting, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 I imagine yeah. eventually I'm going to need to do all of this with event sourcing. I'm not doing that yet. Right. But like eventually mm-hmm. it's going to make more because this is basically like a perfect use case for event sourcing. A bunch of things happen asynchronously. Mm-hmm. They need to be applied in a specific order to end with an ultimate result. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's perfect because it matters if like John played an advantage at 1159 or 1201. Right. And like race conditions are real because a lot of the times right before the yeah. end, like people are all trying to do a bunch of shit all at once, you know? Right. Um, and uh, like there's an advantage that lets you burn someone else's token, right? So I can mm. spend two tokens to make one of your tokens disappear. Cool. And if you had three tokens and we're planning on playing immunity, right? Yep. But you didn't want to play it too early so that people knew. Yeah. You want to play it right before the buzzer. So what that can mean is that right before the someone could burn one of your tokens right Mid before request. you're able to play. Yeah, exactly. So all of this is yeah. important, you know? Yep. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of stuff. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's very I think the scoreboard could be a live wire shared view. Um, oh, yeah. You know cool. what I'm saying? With, yeah, I know With some private components yeah. in it, mm-hmm. you know, like a public mm-hmm. view, a public component with some private child components. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really fun. Um this has led to me being even more obsessed with like like wire model defer mm. and um sort of like ephemeral state stuff yeah than i was before you know yeah. like ephemeral state that like can be applied with the click of a button and is yeah. stored on the server but is yeah. not stored in the database right so yeah. like when there is state that is already transported back to the server but not yet applied to the database and like what the right thing to do with that is and like especially when it's like changes to a model right like yeah and then like clicking a button does like a model save but like what happens if there's if it's not just like changing attributes on a model but changing like relationships or change you know changing other more complicated things so anyway these are all the things that i'm really interested in right now um in general like i think in general pages that um Pages where you are adding and removing child models yep. on the on the edit page of the parent model is like a really interesting and common problem that I keep running into. Um, okay. Not specifically with Livewire, just in programming in general. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, I I'm having a lot of fun like thinking about these ideas. You know, like I think that there's. I think that there are some like revelations to be had about like mm. a few of these use cases. Okay. Um specifically like the parent child like parent edit page child model macro control yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is like so common. Yep. And like not well solved. Sure. You know? Um and I think can be solved pretty well in like a repeatable way and I feel like my head's almost wrapped around it. Okay. Um then general, do you have a concrete example concrete and like isolated yeah, yeah, yeah. enough that we could talk about it for sure let me get the one other thing out the yeah. other thing that i think is extremely closely related to this mm-hmm. is um basically like ephemeral changes that are not just to one model but are to like a bunch of interrelated things okay and then like applying them yeah um so these are the things that I'm, these are the things that I'm like obsessed with. So 
all of this comes out of the question answers component stuff that we've talked about, right? Um, yep. Or that you and I have talked about. I don't know if we put it on the show, but like mm -hmm. there's a question page. Questions have many answers. Um, so on the question edit page, I need to be able to add, remove, and update answers yep. um, dynamically. Um, with special validation so that I can't remove the last correct answer or the last incorrect answer with um, all sorts of things, right? Mm -hmm. um, all sorts of like weird UI things and all of that. But the important thing is like I need to like have all of these uh, changes, which is like imagine an array of changes, which is like remove this one, change this one, add this one. Right. Yep. So those are the three like uh, those are the three sort of ephemeral changes that I need to have uh, in memory somewhere, you know. Yep. And to clarify, and then the I user, need a button that like applies them. What Daniel's talking about is like, um, yeah. So let, let, let's say uh, is. Is there a non-question answer entity that we could use to make sure that we're both divorced from the domain? Sure, sure, sure. So let's talk about a situation where, um, like, a post has tags, right? Yeah. Post has okay. tags. Um, we're on the edit page of this post, and it yeah. has two tags applied to it, right? Yeah. And then there's a little input below below there where I can just type something and press enter, and it creates a new tag. And applies it to the post. Right. Right? Um, and then I can click a little close button on the tag. Yeah. And it uh, removes the tag from the post. Yeah. But then I can click on the tag itself and then edit Drag the it. contents of the post. Oh, right. Yeah. Or the, edit the name of the tag. Perfect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, this is the thing we're talking about. So, I'm on the post edit page. Yep. Right? But from the post edit page, within that form, I need to be able to remove edit and create tags right yep. and if i if i make all of those changes and don't press the save button none of those changes should be persisted yeah it is a wild and interesting thing right because it's like okay what does your let's just not talk about livewire for a second right let's mm -hmm. just talk about like it's a form submitting to a controller method like yeah. what does your controller method look like what is your request supposed to look like Right? Are you supposed to submit yeah. a, a tags changes array that includes like all of the relevant information about the tag and then like what operation to do on it? Like, right. Here's all or the information. Do an update. Here's all the information. Do a yeah. delete. Passing deletes up is very weird. Anyway, this yeah. is this is the right. Stuff. So this is the yeah. This this is good. This is good. Because there's like, so if we're just thinking of this in a normal form submission context and you have yeah. a little form input called tags and whatever, um, like what what is the output of that? What does it come in as in the request object in your controller post method that receives the form submission? And the, the like the, the fun approach for me, like the nice approach is for something, this isn't going to apply because you're, you're going to take it up a notch. But if, if they're simply tags, like if just the only thing that matters about the tag is its text content, then every form submission, you could pass a plain array of strings, and those are the tags. Mm -hmm. And then every time you save, you can perform the sync on the relationship, which basically means like, 
post, you grab the post, and then you grab all its related tags, you destroy them, and then you insert all these tags, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so... But well, well, let's say these tags have already have relationships to multiple posts. And you're uh, going to need to be able to list those posts by tag somewhere. Yeah, so they're right. So, so you so can't I guess just what destroy them is, because that breaks all the existing relationships. Right, so now you get into keeping IDs. Mm-hmm. So when you create one and it has an ID... Uh, so then, right. So the problem here, you can very easily arrow sync a list of IDs mm-hmm. and that'll handle the creation and destroying of the relationship. Correct. It won't necessarily handle the destroying of the tag itself. Right. Because and by it, it just not existing and it won't handle tags. new tags that don't have an ID yet. So this is that problem is like you might have this hodgepodge. You might have existing tags that like you're saying have changes to them. So maybe let's just say like if I were doing this and not thinking about it, I would you know, submit back to the server a JSON schema like that would be purely the tag info. So so let's say it's called tags. It's an array. The first one is an existing tag. So it already has an ID. So it has ID and then title or whatever mm-hmm. label. Um, and then there's a new one that I created in that form that doesn't have an, doesn't ID, have an ID. So, so the would... ID is null or non-existent. And then you have mm-hmm. the title column. And then I removed one. So it just doesn't exist in that list. Mm-hmm. So then when you submit back to the server, you first get a list of all the tags that are currently related. Or you know what? This is what I would do. I would go through, find everything that doesn't have an ID. Then I would create it. Mm-hmm. Then I would query to get all of the created and existing ones. Mm-hmm. I would go through and run updates on them all so that, you know, I handle all the updating. So first mm-hmm. I handle the creation. Then I handle all the updates. Then I do a sync on those IDs to handle the deletion of the ones that I didn't return in that request. Mm-hmm. So that so, that would be the very imperative manual way to handle this problem. So you can do a little bit better than that, right? Okay. You can actually do an update or create. Cool, yep. Um, so you just do an update, on, update or create on everything in the list. Yep. Then you pluck ID sync. Perfect. Right? So that's Perfect. like the cleanest version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's so freaking clean. Laravel's but, awesome. <laughs> but that's here's the thing. Yeah. You sync doesn't work, I don't think, except for on belongs to many relationships. Right? And so if this was a situation where it was a question with answers in, and there wasn't a pivot table, yeah. uh, you can't, the sync method doesn't Gotta work. work. Really? You know that? Yeah, sync is just a one, one an affordance for belongs to many's, right? Am I wrong? Huh. I feel like I use it. Yeah, it's you know it's very possible. Um, are you, can, are you checking? Yeah. Good. Because I don't want to um, like lie to the people. Because that's just an assumption I've been making here. Right. Okay. Associate works for belongs. Sync can be used to synchronize the either side of belongs to many. Maybe it is. Change passing false as a second argument. This will attach the roles ID without affecting the existing roles. I think maybe there's a second argument. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I feel like... I'm pretty sure there is no sync except for belongs to many. There should be. I think sync... But, like, what would the query even look like? Like, think about it as a SQL query, right? Like, what would the SQL query behind a sync for a has many be yeah 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 yeah. so uh, well that's the thing it it i bet it would use multiple queries yeah um 
because I think you could probably sync across databases even. Mm -hmm. So if I had to guess the resulting query of a sync would get and get and then cross-reference and then do the update and delete. Um, so I, I mean, it looks like, so users and posts, that would be a has many. That's not a belongs to many mm -hmm. typically. And I think... Uh, yeah. Well, user post could be a belongs to many, right? Like if there's multiple users associated with a post. Dude, anyway, I, anyway. I feel like sync can be used in both, but I could be wrong. Okay. So I'm not going to waste the user's time. So yeah, time. if you can do it that way, then like update or create sync. Update or create... Uh, so the things that are missing from from like the perfect implementation, it would be dope if you could just do an update or create many. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you could literally just take the request thing, send it right into update or create many, um, and then uh, and then do pluck ID, and then send that right into sync. Mm -hmm. Right? Like that would be so cool. Um, you can't, you have to make a couple of temporary variables or like have an extra couple lines of code, but mm -hmm. it's still pretty clean. Like update or create right into sync is clean. Yeah. If so clean. Could, I just, I need to check whether you can actually do that in. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that, that's really interesting. It's also really interesting when like those get passed along with like changes to the parent model, you know? And it's like, uh, you know, like what happens, for example, like if um, like things that could break, right? So like imagine a race condition where like two different people deleted the same tag at the same time, you know, well now do the, does the parent model itself not update? Like what needs to be inside of a transaction here? You know, like the, it, it's all kind of like complicated, right? Because you're like submitting changes to the parent model at the same time that you're submitting changes to child models. Like what okay. happens if something fails on the change to the child model? Should that also fail the changes to the parent model? Um, hmm. Yeah, it's just real. It's real interesting. I really enjoy it, you know, and like what what about like old input? You know, like that's like a, hmm. a whole consideration, like errors, validation errors, old input. The whole thing is like complicated, like what gets passed where? Like for a long time, I had these bad error messages that said, uh, the answer dot zero dot answer field is required. The answer sure. dot one dot answer field is required. Yeah. It's yeah. like, ugh, gross. And like writing yeah. good validation messages for that. Because the, the reason it was failing validation was you can't delete the last correct answer and you can't delete the last incorrect answer. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. But like the validation messages are just the answer dot zero dot, you know, and yep. it's like, and it's not easy to write a validation message which knows whether the reason that this is required is that it was the last correct one or the reason was, you know, without writing a custom validation custom rule or rule, something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, it's, it's a whole, like, complicated and interesting problem. Mm -hmm. um, and it has generally led me, because in building this game, I'm in a very similar situation yeah. where, like, a player needs to do a, some actions, right? So there's yeah. uh, one thing I didn't mention in the rules is like there's round swaps every other round. Okay. So, or uh, sorry, team swaps every other round. So every other round, you as a player get to choose what team you want to be on. Okay. Right? Um, yep. Which means when I submit my votes, so first of all, like the game needs to know how many votes I have to spend. It needs to yep. let me spend 
them all, right? And like put that all into the form without actually applying it, right? Yeah. So like I want three on John or two on John, one on Steven, right? Yeah. Because I have three to spend, Yeah. you know? It needs to do some like, you know, good classic front end, like disabling the input when I am out of votes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Then it also has this other thing, which is like, it has to let me swap teams, right? And I need to submit all of this in one form, right? So then I like press submit, something happens. Okay, well, in the time that I had this page open, someone burned one of my tokens or something, right? So like mm -hmm. something I wanted to do is now not possible. So all that needs to be in a transaction so that like it doesn't get half executed, you know? It's all yep. very interesting. Um, and it it leads me, and this, you know, this thing I'm talking about is like, this is all live wired up. So I've got like a component on the back end that's like holding all this information, like create two votes on John, create one vote on Steven, swap from team red to team blue and play an immunity idol, right? Yep. Like all these like actions that need to happen are kind of like stored ephemerally in the live wire component and need to be applied at once, yep. you know, in some sort of a safe way where if there are race conditions that cause a problem, like they can be like rolled back intelligently. Right. So anyway, I'm just real into this whole idea of kind of like ephemeral, especially with live wire components, like ephemeral state in the live wire component that is being applied, right? Mm -hmm. um, generally speaking, the reason is that like the more the better I am at handling like ephemeral state in the component that yep. needs to then be applied to the database, the better I will also be at like engineering my forms to be completely wire defer. Right. Um, so that like all the ephemeral state like can just kind of like be deferred and hit live wire at the same time and like, you know, and not have like requests between everything. Because I think like in my like, short experience with livewire i think that like model defer is like the good way to use livewire and that that's what should, everyone should be doing yeah when i uh, along my rewrite i thought like <laughs> the last time i debated making defer the default i didn't because yeah. it seemed like a big a really big change and now it's an even bigger change to make because livewire is that much more established but i feel like it is a much better default yeah you know well for like most use cases right it's it's just for the yeah. for the demo you you know what it is it makes demos harder because yeah. the demo use case where it's like oh look i wire modeled and now i type in this field and now it's over it just in magically this field. works right yeah but it's like well that now doesn't work because i type yeah. in this field then i press a button now it's over here you know yeah man uh it's tough i but like you how know what? many it times be... in your real life do you actually need like character by character input to send messages? Yeah, to the live server? live wire. No, it's almost never, almost never. You know, it's it's I literally need... it's like uh, type ahead search. Uh, it is, you yep. know, that's it. That's like it's, someone it's is real -time typing notifications. Forms, real time, you know, um, yeah, like auto saving forms. That's a that's yeah, one. yeah yeah. Um, but even that yeah. you can do on like a poll. Or something. Just save it every ten seconds or something. You know? Sure, but I mean, I would just use the wire model. Um, yeah, no, I definitely thought about it, and maybe it will be because I'm not going to launch the next LiveWire version. I forget what the LiveWire version 
release constraint is. I established it at one point when I had a moment of clarity. Uh, let's see, release schedule. These many reviews of the following release is important. All major versions will be tagged alongside Laravel's major version release schedule. That does not mean Liveware will release a major version every, but that means that it will, when it does release a major version, version it will coincide with a Laravel release. Interesting. So I forget why I applied that constraint, but I'm pretty sure I, I remember pairing with David Hemphill when we were talking about using Liveware and Nova and we're thinking through the implications of using Liveware and Nova. If you have Nova, if you have Livewire in your Laravel app and you have Nova yeah, and because Composer is not friendly to like having a package that has a dependency of a package that you have a dependency of that are different versions, right, right, right. it's not kosher at all. So be like, wait a minute, how does this work? And basically we realized like the only, the only way to make this not a nightmare is that Livewire is at least as at most version. as frequent as Laravel. Yeah. It can be less frequent, but it has to be on the same schedule as Laravel um, for these things to make more sense. Yep. Um, so which actually, so Laravel, they, you know, I don't, I'm sure you saw the news that they're not doing an every six month release anymore, mm-hmm. which makes things more interesting. Now it's going to be every year. And so the release has gotten pushed back to September, which is actually good news, I think, because now I have until September, basically I have to decide, do I want to set my target as get Livewire 3 ready for September? Um, because I can't, I can't release a, a new major version until September right, <laughs> right now. Which is a kind of good news. It makes me feel like, oh, great. Yeah, but it I also like on... means you have to release it by then or else you miss the bus and you're a, a year yeah, out. Yeah, I'm out a year. Right. It's funny. It is like a little bit of pressure there. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. interesting. But I mean, I, I don't know. I feel good about that. Like hustle on Alpine 3 right now. Mm-hmm. Get that done, working, and supported in Livewire. Launch all that. Then I have, then Alpine's like, you know, yep. a little bit. And then I can focus on, so maybe I just do Alpine and Livewire alternating, like mm-hmm. Alpine releases in the spring, Livewire releases in the fall. That'd be and then cool. They, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. But Stuff anyway, like that. Like yeah. ephemeral state. So defer is basically like ephemeral state on the front end that needs to be pushed to the back end. Yeah. And right? then there's back And then there's ephemeral. this other thing where it's like ephemeral state in the component that needs to be pushed to like the, the persistence layer. Yeah. Right. And like, these are like, my head is just all in these thoughts right now. Like everything I think about seems to be some sort of deferred state, you know, some sort of like ephemeral state that like could get rolled back if something went bad or, you know, like, and these are just the things I'm thinking about. I don't know. The cool thing about, um, if you use the live wire component model, if you use a live wire component in, um, in the way that, so there's kind of a fork in the live wire path that I'm still uncertain if it's the best move, but I haven't heard a lot of, I think I'm the harshest critic of it, mm-hmm. that original Liveware, Liveware version one, the state that's stored between requests, the state that you use as your public properties is plain stuff. It's arrays, it's strings, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Liveware two has the ability, if you want, to to store a model as a public property mm-hmm. and keep that stateful and not persistent to the database every request. Mm-hmm. So, um. Which, you know, that, so that is insanely important for my use case. Right. And so this is a case where the use case you're describing, where traditionally the traditional brain that we just walked through is like you do all the ephemeral non-saved form stuff on the front end. You compile a sort of canonical JSON object 
and then you pass that to the server and then you go server you pick up the pieces and figure out what things to move around in the database yeah but that right? sucks like right the and promise it does of livewire is like that i shouldn't have to have a form request and a controller method and a dto and all this other bullshit to make the data shaped the way that i want it to be to go yeah, into exactly the so in the ideal livewire world you have a property called post and that's probably it. Wire model post dot title. At on plus click, you say post arrow new or so you create a, uh, sorry, uh, you create a tag. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, here's the interesting thing. How do you add, you, there has to be a story in Liveware, which there's not right now, for adding a model that doesn't exist in the database yet mm-hmm. so, as a relationship in so memory. I, I think this, can you actually do like, Tell me if this works. Can I go post arrow tags arrow make? I bet you can't, but I bet you can't. I bet you can. I don't know. Let's see. Make. And it just like put creates an in-memory item with an ID, but where it exists is false. Uh, dude, what freaking project am I even on? Why do I have a quiz answer? Dude, You, we must have been pairing. I literally... I think we were, yeah. I searched make. This is the craziest coincidence. And there's test slash unit slash quiz answer. I That is not my domain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is must have domain. been me. That's so funny. So if I go down illuminate, let's see, is there illuminate database? I don't know. Well, we, we PR'd the make method. Okay, has one relationship. You, you may recall on the domain. second episode of 20% time, we invented oh. the make method. Ah, funny. We did, didn't we? Um, okay, so this is it. Make method on, I think, all the relations. So it has one or many relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, has a method called make that the doc block is create and return an unsaved instance of the related model. Okay, so that's what it is. And so it does a new instance, do... and it sets the foreign key attribute on create. Mm. So what you could do is you just add a, you have a method in your Livewire component called add tag with all the with a whatever attributes it needs to take right and then inside that you just do this arrow post arrow tags arrow make and pass the thing in yes and that should mean that post arrow tags now returns that thing right no so i imagine that that when you do the make it's going to create the new instance of that model and return itself Mm-hmm. No, no, so I know, the, but like, but it's not going to attach it to the relationship. Okay, so then we would need to do set relation. So we would do post arrow set relation, right? So you would want to eager load the tags on the first load of post, right? Wait a second. Yeah, so you would do you would eager load right the now. you would eager load the tags the first time you load the post, right? Yeah. So now yeah. there's like a collection, an eloquent collection of tags. Right. Yeah. And then you should at that point be able to say post. So then you like put, grab that stuff, hold it in memory, push the new one onto it and then do set relation on the post to put it back. Yes. So that's like, that's the, the things that need to happen. There might be a cleaner API for it, but like, yeah, like, I mean, right. Like, so you're saying you, you should literally be able to do, um, to add it so right initially this is one annoying thing is that you will have to eager load the tags initially well i think you should have i think you should do that anyway so let's say you don't eager load the tags initially Uh uh-huh well they're loaded once you use them right 
They are right. Like if I good question, that's why you have would, to call fresh on yeah. a model is to get fresh relationships. So they're Does loaded. Live in cash. pick up that loadedness, you know? Oh, right. Like, is like that on, a, how, on a subsequent request, you mean? Yeah, probably not. Just by so let's say that Livewire, if you if you load the relationships, let's say Livewire is just like they want this loaded, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's just say it's that way because I'm trying to picture the version where you don't have to think about eager loading mm-hmm. where it's like it's loaded into memory because you accessed it. Yeah, it's, that's why. And then because you're trying to access it be, because on a subsequent request, you're doing something with that thing. Yeah. Livewire knows that you're going to want to mess with that relationship. So Livewire eager loads it on the subsequent request too for you. That's the thing is like, that's what I'm saying is like, if you just use it, mm-hmm. will it signify that that thing is eager loaded so that the next request, it just comes so in. No, you would have to actually like use it. So forget it. Let's doing. just say that, let's just say that in your mount method or whatever you do, like this arrow post arrow load tags. Yeah. So now it's eager loaded. Or, you know, if you want to be safe, you can just do load missing. And then that way, if it does work, you're, you're covered. <laughs> What's load missing? Load missing is just like load if it's not already loaded. Cool. Okay. Which is a sick method. That is a sick method. You just never type load. You should just always use load missing. Yeah. It's like. Unless you know that it's already loaded and you want to overwrite it. Like load missing is like the answer 90% of the time. Okay. Like find or fail. Yeah, exactly. Find or fail. Update or create. Like. Yeah. Well. That one, if you didn't have to separate the arguments, like, because I would agree with you. But, um, okay, so you got your thing, Deke, and then uh, so you eager load your things, and then you have the button to add a new tag mm-hmm. with the method in the live or component that says this arrow. Po- no, no, no. That says yes. This arrow it post, says arrow this tags. arrow post arrow make. Sorry, this arrow post arrow tags arrow make. Pass in the label or whatever. Ta- you say dollar sign tag equals this arrow post arrow make right. Mm-hmm. Now I have a dollar sign tag. Then you say this arrow post arrow tags arrow push tag. Mm-hmm. That's the only bummer that you have to do that, but whatever. Sure. So you do that. Now it's like stored in memory. Livewire just keeps track of it. And then you use it as you please. Your your list, the, the, the blade list of tags will be updated because it's now a related thing inside of that. And then whenever you want, you hit save and you do this arrow post arrow save. Right. And then will it automatically, I guess this is a question of eloquent. If you just push on a non-persisted instance to that eloquent collection, when you hit save on the parent model, like post arrow save, does it cascade the saves? No, it won't. So you have to do like this arrow post arrow tags arrow save, arrow each arrow save or something like that. This arrow post arrow tags arrow save. And then you would have to like pass in all of the non-persisted items. So you would, yeah. um, so which is fine because you could make like a trait or like you can make like a custom eloquent model or like a trait that goes on eloquent models um, where, or on the relationship thing, right? Like you could make like your own version of has one or many or something where you basically say like calling save without an attribute means look to see if there are any unpersisted ones in here and that might already be something that it does i kind of doubt it yeah i do too um but it's not that 
like out of you could you know you could do it with a nice api or you could do it with a bad api but you could do it so save merge attributes okay new model saving is dirty perform update so i don't know wait is dirty perform update yeah uh, let's just see what, if the model already exists in the database, we can just update our record that is already in the database using the current IDs in this where. Yeah, I don't think it does that. If the model is actually saved, we need to do a few more things once it is done. We'll call the saved method here to run any actions that we need to happen after a model gets successfully saved right here. So it's either perform update or finish saved. Uh, touch owners. Okay, so it's going the, it's going up. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll touch the owners. Um, and then, yeah, I guess it would be fun if perform update did it updates timestamps and so you're saying perform update on the model it'd be cool if that saved its children i don't know if it would be cool but yeah that's what i'm kind of getting at because so this is this is how i feel daniel about stuff like this i feel like i'm torn between these two poles on the one pole is keeping the controller mental model of very of the state being raw data input and then your persist i know i know i know i know i know but that's the one pole where LiveWire is just a live controller, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then on the other pole, you have this deep connection to the models themselves, yeah. whether we'll, or we'll not they're the already... We'll call this the good mental model, yeah. Right, sure. <laughs> whether or not they're already persistent. This is really interesting to me because I feel very much torn about this end. And so this is why I feel torn. Um, you and Mitch both like are all about it because this is this is what you're driving at. Because you see it, you're like, it's already there. Like, we can do this. So you have this poll, which to me would be fantastic if I think my big question is, is Eloquent not built for this? And are there too many assumptions where like for a user coming into live? So maybe it's just like pie in the sky live where for people who are super into it and want to use it this way, they can use it this way. But for the rest, it's not even in the messaging initially. Because that's the danger. Is like I, I want to be careful to not be like, this is how you should use LiveWire. Just use eloquent models like you would intuitively think you could. But then people end up in these weird situations where like, oh, I have to eager load this thing. And then I have to like create these things and they're attached as relationships, but they're not really attached. So I, And I can't just hit save. I have to So I would say them. you shouldn't build functionality into eloquent for them that's not already there. Unless yeah, right. you tell them that that's what you're doing. Yes. And it's, right? I think. Which means for, that you should make methods that you sh- that have different names than the default eloquent methods. Right. So you yeah. should create a save with child relationships method instead of just overwriting the save method to get what you want. You know. Right. And then we're into the realm of like, wait, what are those? You know, I'm straying from the just use Laravel like you normally would. And now you can use Liveware. Mm-hmm. So it's like dangerous territory for me. Um, it, it's like, yeah, I, I want it to be intuitive. Well, the, but, but it's, y- you can just let people do it themselves. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like, I could just do this myself right now, I think, you know? Sure. Yeah. The only thing you couldn't do, you would have to build your own functionality for LiveWire to persist. Okay. LiveWire will persist relationships. It won't persist changed relationships that aren't persistent in the database. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. But you, you just need to do that when you call the save. Right. So like I, well, have a, saying... I have a method on my component called submit. Right. Yeah. In that method, I would have to call some code that takes all of the non-persisted things that I've been pushing onto the relationships and saves them. That's what I'm saying is so right now 
in Livewire. Mm-hmm. Again, I want to say what I was going to say before, which is that to use this stuff effectively, you have to have a, a really intuitive understanding of the request lifecycle of Livewire. And what's passed up and down and what's not. Right. Yes. And so, hydrating and dehydrating. Sure. So, you have to understand sorry, those is... things. And hold on. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that. And you also have to understand Eloquent and how and how it sometimes you have a collection mm-hmm. that is not the same as the query builder. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the collection is fresh and not dirty. And other times it is. So these are complex things that you and I, let me finish, let me finish. You and I understand intuitively. But these, the, all that stuff I described for Livewire, that's the really hard high-level stuff for Livewire users, mm-hmm. for the majority, I think. And for, for Eloquent users, I think for the majority of Eloquent users, those, at least beginners, those things are the final bosses. They're like really tough. Mm-hmm. So if you combine all that, and if this is like the perfect how to use Livewire, then you have a whole user base of, conf- of people who are just following like, ooh, this would be so cool if it worked. And then when it doesn't, they're like, how in the world do I even figure out what is happening sure, sure, at sure, all? Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Soapbox, stepping um, off the soapbox. A couple things. One thing, when we were pairing and generally talking to you, you have generally strayed away from passing IDs back and forth because of security concerns, right? Um, oh, I am okay with passing IDs if they are not mutable. Sure. Yes. Uh, what do you mean by not mutable? I mean, I know what those words mean, but like, what do you mean? They're not, it's not mutable uh, state data in Livewire. It's like hard-coded checksum stone carved data. Like you can see the ID if you look at the request, but you can't like wire model to it, you know? Yeah. So um, I think my gut says it's fine as long as, and like these are some convenience features you could build into Livewire if you were so inclined, right? But like, as long as you have a like uh, required in or like whatever the relate whatever the validation rule is that like ensures that it is that the within, user owns it. yeah that it is related to the thing right, and so you yep. could make convenience methods for relationships, yeah that say because like ultimately like after we paired one of the one of the solutions we didn't go towards was like something that required us to like pass IDs back and forth a lot um because of that right right yes and i i was like i ultimately ended up being like yeah fuck that like i'm just going to make a validation rule for ids to make sure that they can't you can't change the id to something that you're not allowed to access or something right and then right that is a whole layer of convenience that once you understand implications you can do crazy cool things yeah but i can't make it the default you know because i can't put the burden this is why I feel like I can make it a, I feel like, like, basically here's my guiding light. I can use at minimum the amount of security knowledge you need to operate safely in a con- controller context mm-hmm. of from data coming from the request. No, no less. I don't know if it's less or more, but you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like that's my, that is the, that's as far as I'm willing to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm not willing to go any farther because because I don't think because people don't understand. So is there the implications a world where you could make model. those validation rules the default? Where oh right yeah where you just detect like and you would if, if someone wanted to do something else like they would have to add their own validation rule that like overrode right. that in some way. 
Yeah, I don't know how I do that though. Like, I, I don't would either. Be, but like, th- that's kind of a direction like, I think it'd be interesting to like at least like you know daydream in that direction a little bit yeah. and be like, what is what is over there? Like, is there a world where like uh, we can just sort of own these security concerns ourselves as the framework, and then like I want, give people the tools to not care about security if they want? But yeah, you know, I want there to be a plugin for Livewire called like Eloquent, uh, you know sparkles or something eloquent god mode eloquent god mode that basically does all of this so that core live wire can rid itself of a thousand million conditionals and bug fixes and understand like communication thing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. all that stuff yeah i honestly that would be great if it was totally isolated to something separate that somebody else could you know maintain and like and and what it would do with the benefit to the core would be that the core doesn't have to maintain this stuff and deal with it. But the big benefit is the, the communication difference. It's like when you're using this, you know, you're in eloquent God mode, you know? Yeah. And that this is the tree. Like, like Mitch is like, it's like, wait a minute. Can I just have a model that I can also use as a live wire component? And the public properties are just like the attributes. Holy I can just shit, call like dude. save on. He's like, Holy why shit. can't I just add a render method to an to eloquent my model? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So you can just have your routes where you just like say like route colon colon get Holy post shit. and then you just pass the post model. Or it could even, oh. it could even know the post model by like knowing the model name <laughs> and no relationships and all that crazy stuff. <laughs> that, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely right now. I know. <laughs> it's fun to like to go there but uh yeah that is so he's always pushing me to make livewire more and more portable so that like stuff like this becomes extremely possible like anything with the render method should be able to be a livewire yeah he's right i know (laughs) (laughs) mitch is right user's perspective yeah from my perspective i'm like dude how in the world you know but dude oh my god what else can I make into live wire components? I know. Controllers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like have a, make a, you know. That would be pretty well, interesting. All if you blade just components a... now just are live wire components. Right. I mean, that's. You could make blade components. I mean, blade components are like inspired from live wire components. They're just sort of. Right. Not right. Live. Yeah. They have render methods. Yeah. They have mount methods. Mount methods. Yeah. So what. Ha- What's to stop me from just doing like wire model in a blade component if I have live wire installed? Uh, it won't work. Why not? Uh, what do you mean? You why have you, to. Why don't you make it work? Right. So we we thought about. Um, why shouldn't it work? Right. You would need to opt in to the live aspect. Right. All which right, you so do you... by typing the words wire colon. <laughs> no. So that's the problem. Is like. Right. Well, by, do, maybe by typing Livewire, at Livewire scripts and wire colon, you have apt, you have opted in. You're right. You would need Livewire script, but like no, like it, the component itself would be exposing a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily know about. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. so. Okay, but I mean, what I toyed with with Taylor was like, well, what if it's just artisan make component hyphen hyphen live? You know, mm-hmm. it's just like this one's live now. Yeah, because you're using them the same way, but there's. The, the biggest difference is there's no such thing as a slot with a live wire component. And that's, um, so, and so like slots are easy for growth for you, Caleb. <laughs> I know slots are easy. 
um, scope slots are not easy. Um, so that's something that if, if you wanted scope slots, you're kind of out of luck. And that is a feature that exists in blade components. Gotcha. But you know, I mean, maybe there's a possibility for it. We've talked about it. There's a possibility for a lot of things. It's just like finding the right things Mm. and putting the time in the right places. And really it's hardening the core. Like that's the story of Livewire. It's just like every iteration I try to make things more explicit and scoped and smaller Mm -hmm. and more modular, you know, and that's, and I feel like I need another, I need another Livewire version of steps in that direction to make any big moves, you know, like that, you know? I do know. You know, Deke? I do know. Um, Alpine. I don't know if we want to pivot to Alpine, but like, I just, I'm toying I'm with some cool stuff about in the Alpine. Fact that live that <laughs> models could have a render method and just be live wire components with attributes that are properties, and right. just so, be, and then you just oh, wire th- colon click save on the submit button, and it just saves. Yeah, this is the difference, um, or the thing that I'm trying to dig up. My conversation with Mitch was like save okay so like which one do you extend you know for the model for post do you extend model or do you extend live wire component is it like which one has to be the trait there's no multiple inheritance you know and likely it would be the component would would take the the um you know the side car it would be the trait so you'd have a model called post extends model and then you would use um live wire component or something mm-hmm. because you know it has to know because there's all that fun. Basically, the core would have to be rewritten to. So the just only two methods. Allow a comp- the only two meth- methods that would need to exist are render and mount, right? Couldn't you just make a new live wire component in the back end with those two methods if, it, if that thing is used as a component? Like, couldn't you get away with just not having the trait? You just new mm. up a component and feed it stuff that was on that thing. Oh, like spoof the livewire component, like create an, a like a hidden secret livewire component. Yeah. That, well, so there's things like it uses reflection and such to know like properties and whatnot. You livewire's core could be rewritten so that it doesn't actually matter that you extend component. But the problem is, then you want to call things like this arrow. Mm-hmm. You know, this arrow refresh. This arrow redirect this arrow not refresh doesn't exist this arrow whatever mm-hmm. um and i wonder if there's any collisions there might be but let's say there's not um yeah so what mitch wants is a eloquent model is in charge of persistence which there are, it's already in charge of validation mm-hmm. he wants to have all the rules just right in the eloquent model that is and correct. rendering yes um <laughs> which would mitch be yeah. has the right idea mitch is <laughs> smart <laughs> and good you know it why? Because Mitch understands that having files is bad, and yeah, the more files, files you can not have, the better you are better. as a programmer. Right. So, and um, people who make files are bad programmers. Those are the things that me and Mitch both know. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's the deal, Deke. Mm-hmm. You have um, the LiveWare core has to be rewritten so that sure. it doesn't rely on private methods, basically. Like here's, here's what it has to do so that it doesn't rely on the fact, basically. So it doesn't rely on the fact that a component is a, is a inherited child of, you know, 
of the component class, the mm-hmm. God component library class. So it's tradable. It has to be tradable so that when you're using, you can still extend component or you can use whatever. The component trait. Yes, which is like a so mix of So basically all that component stuff. would just be a class that uses the trait and has no methods of its own. Hold on. Can a trait extend a class? I don't Probably. think so. Probably not. No, because that but would like, give you multiple. But like then the class would just use the trait and have no, and then have like a slash slash and then a quote from the DAO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It'd just be um, an empty class with one trait. And then yes. you could extend that if you wanted to, or you could. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just put sure, everything right. in the Livewire trait. components just, okay, make everything the trait. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So if you, if you rewrote the core as like a, as like a, don't do anything with models, but just as like a project to set you up for that, the mm-hmm. alley-oop PR mm-hmm. is refactor it to be a trait. Um, yeah. And then. Livewire. And then it's make sure now. that the. Yeah. And then make sure that the core works and everything. But there's some. So what do we not know about traits that is going to cause problems here? What are the restrictions of traits that we're not thinking about? So. Um, reflection stuff. Uh, the reflection stuff you'd have to massage. But you but get away whatever. with that by just making a Livewire component class exist that just uses all the traits. I honestly think you just have to change the reflection code to just be like to look in traits also type deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I do some things, um, but I feel like that's but like, like are not we communicating clearly about what I'm saying about the component class? Yeah. Are you yep. picking up all of this vacuuming going on right now? Uh, I wasn't until you said it, and but no, I'm not. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know. There's a ton of it uh, going on. Okay. I think your voice got a little quieter. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to get right up on the mic. Don't get up on the mic. Okay. Um, because you've been back the entire time. Sure, sure, sure. So, <laughs> so are you picking up the idea that I'm picking up about like uh, the component class? Yeah, you're saying keep the component class as is, but everything in it put inside a trait so that the component class that people are extending just uses that trait. Right, right, right. So, so that, that class model, still exists and it still gets yeah. used like that. But, that but you way can you just pop the trait in a model directly. Right. Yeah. And when you're checking to see if a, if a class or an object is a liveware component, you're checking for the existence of that trait. Correct. Not the existence of that class in right. the inheritance hierarchy. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, it's good to go. I mean, it's, it's honestly, that wouldn't be that difficult. And then you could tradeify the model. Um, there's some things like this arrow ID, mm-hmm. you know, there's built in properties that might collide with like, you know, model IDs, your model ID. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things that I think would be a little wonky, but, but yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool. Pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, about to be the weekend. I'm about to spend all weekend building this game again, which is what I did last weekend. Um, and it's my new weekend thing to do is to build this game all weekend. It's so fun. You're welcome to hang out if you'd like to. Um... I've got designers. There's two designers in our group and a product manager in our group. You know, like we've got professional people who make things like working on this with us. So that's cool. So I'm the only developer, but we've got like uh, my buddy Walter, who's like a big time lead feature designer guy at Dropbox. Uh, he's in here and then my buddy Grant who's also like intera- interaction designer and stuff um, just cranking stuff out man it's pretty sick, cool sick dude pumped pretty, pretty, pretty cool pretty cool 
it's pretty cool um what are we at here what's our time oh it's time dude 135 the time Ooh. Oof. doesn't feel like it yeah all this canoeing's got my neck all hurty and they're gonna see it on youtube yeah now. i've been seeing you stretching i got some i got some issues here mm-hmm. um okay deke well uh it's been real yeah let's cue that outro music <laughs> 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 <laughs>